Hey guys, it's Jaden. Welcome back to the Realities of Addiction. Today, I'm here with special guest Christine Davidson for her first of two episodes. And today she's here to teach us and talk to us about her experiences with substance abuse. Christine, do you want to say hi? Hi everybody, my name is Christine Davidson and I'm the addict. What was, what is it, ex-addict, ex-addict? No, well, I'm, no, I'm a grateful recovering addict. So once an addict, um, always an addict, I'm just not a using addict. That's okay. the truth. It's good to know. Yeah. First, I'm going to start out our story today with asking you, how did this start? <laughs> um, who ever knows how it starts? So, um, me using started at a young age. Um, I was given, you know, uh, drugs um, and alcohol. Alcohol is a drug um, in the life that I live. So I was given alcohol, sitting in a parked car um, by a family member. Uh, You know, like, I don't want to say every day, but it was on a regular basis. Um, It progressed from alcohol to marijuana um, by that same family member. Um, And I did, though, I, I, you know, what I can identify is that my first drug of choice was red vines. My first drug of choice was sugar. And at the age of one and two, um, I wanted red vines. They gave me red vines. They, you know, I screamed and cried for it. And they, as in my my family, my dad would go to the store, get it. And I realized that what I wanted, I could cry, manipulate, and get. um, And it just changed. Whatever I wanted, the substance changed, you know. Um, And I don't remember those red vines. Uh, but I, re- I know the stories and I can tell you at 50 years old, I still have a, a problem with red vines. Um, but you know, so when I was young, uh, you know, I started, as I said, using it on a regular basis and, you know, and, and I just will share with you like that person who was giving me, you know, the drugs and the alcohol sitting in that park car, he wasn't doing it because, you know, he was my best friend. Um, he had his little motives on why he was doing it and, uh, and they weren't good ones, you know? And so... There was a lot of things that happened and took place in my life that um, shaped and molded me um, into what I became. And there were also excuses that I used to, uh, for a very long time to, to use drugs and run with, right? And so, you know, at, at that time, at, at that young age, as I said, by the time I was 12, you know, I'm sitting in that parked car and I'm telling that person, you know, I want more of this and I want more of that, or I'm going to tell everybody what you're doing, um, you know, or what you're trying to do. And, uh, and so I, I share that because what had happened in between, you know, those years of me using those substances, um, my behaviors changed. I was no longer a nice little girl. I was no longer sweet. Um, I was all that in a bag of chips. I was walking around school. Um, I was filling up my little backpack with, with you know, um, wine coolers and. At and what age? At, at what? At twelve, easy. Twelve. Tw- at twelve, I was easily um, partying with everybody at school. Easily, um, you know. Uh, by the time I was thirteen, I totaled my first car. You know, and I had shared this already, but you know, um, when I had, I had just gotten back from San Francisco, I was, uh, copping dope at 13 years old. I didn't realize that's what I was doing, but now that I'm an adult, I know that's what I was doing. I was up there in San Francisco and I was, um, getting some sheets of acid and I was turning out the entire, the entire school. Right. And, uh, and so that's just what, you know, school days look like. I should have been in the seventies. <laughs> well, I get, in that time, I think it was the early 80s. Early 80s. Yeah, it was the early 80s. So I should have graduated in the class of 87. 
Um, by the time I was uh, in 1985, I had already dropped out. So I think I made it two weeks into my 10th grade before I just, you know, I'd had enough. Like, I, I knew everything there was to know about, you know, life. Yeah, <laughs> all-knowing Christine. <laughs> um, I was using drugs on a regular basis. I was selling drugs on a regular basis um, to friends at school. I was at all the parties. We were having all the keggers. Um, you know, I had the boyfriend who was 20. I dumped, Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. You're in that life. I was in that life, and, and you know what? Uh, he left me. Um, I can say that jokingly now. Uh, So, so, you know, by the time I can say, you know, that 10th grade came around, um, I was not a nice person. I was not nice to my mother. uh, And I had gotten an argument with my mom and I, I, that was it. You know, it was that argument that, you know, I couldn't come back from. Um, She was, uh, by that point I was being threatened with the police a lot. uh, You know, and I just, like I said, I wasn't a nice person. So, I hit the streets and I kept on running, you know, and, and who I was running from was me, the, the reality. Ask me something else, Jade. All right. During this time, what were the effects? Obviously, your life was starting to fall apart because you had just stopped going to high school and were, had run away from your mom. What were your patterns and effects because of all this? You said that you ran away and came back to SAC a lot, but... And then you would try and go into rehab, but then you would go back to using. All right. So, so what the pattern looked like for me is, um, when I was gone, I was gone. Like I ran from Sacramento, and I didn't. Nobody knew whether I was dead or alive. I wasn't willing to come back until I knew I couldn't be threatened um, with incarceration again. Like I said, my mother was calling the cops. I mean, um, often. Uh, and so, you know, and it was one of those things that she baffled me. Like she would call the police on me and then they would show up and then she would cry, please don't take her, don't take her. And so I knew that she was just threatening me. Like mm-hmm. she, they, nobody was really going to, you know, take me away. And so that wasn't a good, you know, I was paying no consequences. So I didn't come back to SAC until I was 18. And in between that time when I had run away, um, I had hit the streets pretty hard. Um, I had gotten myself into situations um, that no young girl or boy should be in. You know, I had guns in my face. Um, I had, you know, um, I was like, you know, in movie dangerous scenes. And, um, and I look back at it now and I'm like, wow, right. How did I get through that? You know, I can tell you, I was, I, I got kind of like a scared straight situation. I was involved with this, this group of, I don't want to say drug people, but you know, like they, what, what I can tell you is like, I was up cooking drugs in the mountains with these people and, um, and somebody lost their life and that was enough for me to get scared straight. Um, I was like an overdose or no, they were taken out. Um, there was, there was a lot of stuff that happened on that weekend. A lot of drugs came out missing. They were cooking drugs. Um, and they were, and I'm barely 18 years old. Oh my God. I I don't even think I was 18. I was barely 18. Um, and so, uh, so I made my way back to SAC, you know, um, I was with this crew. I, you know, I didn't, I, I was brought back to SAC with the crew. Um, I was interrogated. I, I had been through all this stuff and I knew what had happened up in that cabin, you know? Um, and I had, I was just leaving like my boyfriend, right? Cause it was, I was always with some man. Well, who were you interrogated by the police? I, no, I was interrogated by the people who owned the houses and the drugs. 
Um, oh, I had, like when the boss. I was I was interrogated by the boss. A lot of drugs came up missing from that um, that weekend, and and so I, I don't want to get too caught up on the insanity of it. Mm-hmm. But what I what I want to share is that like I got scared straight for a little bit, and you know, it, and what I know is that you know I, I'm not even kidding you. Like three weeks after I left that situation, that all those people were raided. Um, it was all over the news, um, you know. Um, and I was just like, wow, like I was a part of that, right? Um, so I had left that situation and I really got scared straight for a little bit. I, um, I changed my life. I started having kids. I started getting a little job. But what I never stopped doing was using, right? I never stopped drinking and partying and doing all that stuff. And, um, and I just managed to hold on enough so that I looked good on the outside. But on the inside, I was still dying from all of these things that I'd witnessed, all of these all the things that happened to me as a young child, all of, you know, the, the, the using just kept growing. Um, at some point, what, what that cycle of addiction and the patterns look like, or, you know, my children would come and knock on the bedroom door and say like, mom, are you in there? And I'd be like, yeah, I'll be out in a little bit, you know, and I was getting loaded in the room, you know, I'd go to work all the time, um, you know, and, and, at some point, it was like, you know, Mom, are you coming home tonight? And I was like, yeah, I'll be there later, right? I had a babysitter. I mean, isn't that enough? You know? Um, and so, and at some point, I would, like, be back the next day. And at some point, I was back the next week. At some point, I couldn't work anymore. At some point, I just didn't come back, right? At some point, I started having kids that were born on drugs. Um, you know, I started giving kids up for adoption that nobody knew, even knew I was having um, you know, that I, I was even having, I'm, um, you know, um, like the progression of the disease of addiction had grown and taken control of my life and I couldn't see it. I really couldn't see it. I don't know. So, so, you know, go back a, a couple minutes earlier and I was saying I was having fun and I was at these parties and these keggers. I, I don't remember when it stopped being fun, right? I don't remember when I was just caught up in the life that, that it was just like every day that's what I had to do, you know, um, and so at some point, you know, I'll, I started having kids on drugs, and, um, and, and at some point they said, hey, we think you have a drug problem, we need you to stop using, and I was like, no, I don't have a problem. They, meaning like the county, when they found out these kids were yes. popping out with they, meaning, stuff in their blood. Exactly. I did not have the ability to stop using drugs, not even for pregnancy. Um, I, I couldn't do it, you know, and it didn't even phase me. Um, and so, you know, um, eventually my kids were, you know, taken away from me and that wasn't even enough for me to slow down. You know, um, I had started to become arrested on a regular basis and, uh, and that's just the way my life went. Well, because once you started using, you had to do all these criminal things to sustain it. The ways and the means to get more is that, that's what we call it, right? The ways and the means. The ways and the means. The ways and the means. It didn't matter what... What needed to be done to fuel my addiction, I, I was going to do it. So identity theft, check writing, stealing cars. Yeah. All that stuff? All that stuff. All that stuff and more. I, you know, I would steal a Cadillac converter. I would bust into a house and rip the copper out of the out of the walls. It didn't matter. You know, I don't. not only had a drug addiction, but I had a gambling addiction. You know, I had like, it, it fully encompassed everything that I, that I lived for, right? Um, all of it. You know, and so I went through these phases in my life of, you know, identity theft, check writing theft, credit card theft, you know, um, and I, and I would do whatever it took, 
Um, and then I would see somebody get busted for like identity theft big time and I would be like, oh no, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I would just move on to something new, right? And I, I really think, you know, that those moving on to something news saved me from from doing like some serious prison time, right? Like I was just saved so many so different many times. times. So just many made out. different just times. Out. Even that time, like I'm, like I started, I, I was sharing when I was a kid, right? Um, like three weeks early, three weeks later, everybody was busted on a federal case. Yeah. You know, um, and those people, like, so I know the kingpin died in prison. He had a heart attack on the on the basketball um, court. And the other head honcho um, got out five years later. What is this? Like, are you allowed to say, like... No, it's just it, a slang. It's, it's just, just a slang. It's, but for, like, not a gang, but, like, just a group of drug makers? So they were drug makers. There were several houses. There were several houses with prostitutes. There were several houses, you know. There, I mean, it was just like a drug ring. It was a drug ring. Um... Uh, and that's just, you know, at that time, that's what it, it looked like, right? I was just in a house with a lot of drugs. So the enforcer of that drug ring was my boyfriend. Um, and it was his job to follow everybody with the dope and make sure that they did their job right. On that particular weekend, he had taken me up there um, and he, I wasn't supposed to be there. He was supposed to be watching the drugs and a lot of drugs came up missing that weekend. Um, and so when I say I, when I said earlier, I was interrogated, like I was interrogated, what were you doing there? And, and I was sat down and I was asked to buy, um, his name was Tino and, um, and he asked me every second to explain from the moment I got in that RV to what happened in that cabin. And with me making a detailed, um, you know, uh, event of the entire weekend, he was able to piece what happened to his drugs from what I told him. And they all went up there, guns and cars, and, um, and somebody didn't come back. They got their drugs, and I just remember being a part of that. And it was enough for me to leave that boyfriend and get out, and, and within weeks I saw them all on the news. And it was like, wow, right? Um, Episodes like that, I can tell you, have happened often in my life due to drugs. I have been in homes that have been raided. I have, I have been in another room where a man had been raped. And I remember getting loaded in the next room and just locking the door and going out the bedroom window in case if they came in. It was a group of men raping another man. What if they changed their mind and wanted to rape a woman? Yeah. Right? Like, I have been in some situations that um, that I don't even know how I'm walking, right? Yeah. Um, and all I can tell you is, like, I have a beautiful life now, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I no longer live that way, right? Mm-hmm. But it can happen to any one of us, right? You know, I started this whole little thing off with, I was just a young girl. I was just a 13-year-old, you know, um, partying and having fun. I was just sitting there at all the parties, right? They're called raves now or whatever they're called, right? You know, um, I don't know. They're coming up with so many new drugs. I don't even know what yep. people are using now, right? So many different types of technologies. Right? right? Marijuana, pot, whatever. It's not even marijuana anymore. It is just synthetically engineered to be this chemical that just, you know, it's 
they're infusing it now with heroin. They're infusing it now with everything. Like, I'm so grateful I don't use. I'm so grateful that I'm so not in that life. And I fear for young people now who are just getting started because once addiction gets a hold of you, like, like really gets a hold of you, nothing is going to stop you unless if you're ready to stop. There's no other way out. Jails, institutions, and death. Or to find a new way to live, which is what happened with me, mm-hmm. right? I've been to jails. I've been locked up in institutions. I've died. Like, they have woken me up. I'm, I, I've been strapped down with the tubes down my throat when they asked me, did I try and kill myself? And I remember, you know, I couldn't even speak because I had this tube down my throat. And I just remember shaking my head and I was crying and I was shaking my head yes. And the nurse whispered in, down in my ear and she said, you don't want to say that. You don't want to say that you tried to kill yourself because they're going to send you over to the mental hospital. Just tell them, you know, you know, you used too much. You know, I often look back and I'm like, what happened if I would have been, if, what would have happened if I would have said yes and they would have sent me to that mental hospital? Maybe I wouldn't have used as long as I had, right? Maybe that would have been like a little seed that had been planted. A little, you know, eventually... You know, I wound up in detox. I wound up in detox. I wound up, I remember going to detox for the first time. Um, My mother paid for a cash bed. I just got out of jail the night before on my first heroin charge. Um, And and the events that took place on why I needed to get to my mom really don't matter but I'll just say they matter a little bit and I can tell this I can tell this okay you tell that story basically Christine as we know is a very smart criminal back in those times and she had a program on her computer that allowed her to steal credit card information but that computer was at her mom's house so when she got out of prison or jail or whatever you want to call it she called up her mom um and I had the, a hidden program at my mom. Yeah, because her mom did not know. No. So she called up her mom and pretended that she wanted to have some bonding time at the casino. And her mom went to the bank and got a bunch of hundreds and started um, taking Christine to what she thought was the casino, what was actually the detox center. And um, my grandma Angie had set up an entire uh, system so Christine would get placed inside. Yes. So, you know, and there's a hint when somebody is like, when you have a family member just begging you to go into detox, that might be a hint that you have a drug problem. Another hint might have been that my children had been removed already from my care and custody. Another hint might have been that they had adopted out my son at the time, right? Like, I was no longer able to manage my own life and affairs. But none of those things was I willing to see, right? Mm -hmm. I had lived in such denial that it was insane like I was Cleopatra the queen of denial right so <laughs> I one. was you're right and so um what ended up happening is I, I got into that detox um I went into a 90-day program I went up to uh, Amador County where I had been arrested at and by the time I got to the judge he looked at me and he was like oh a slap on the wrist right you know look at you good you're good girl you've been in a detox and you're a program and what I can tell you from that experience is that I used that as an escape plan for every time I got loaded again and every time I got arrested again. I was like, all I got to do is get into detox and get into a program. And by the time I make it to the judge, woo, we're going to be gravy, baby. And, um, And I did that for like three times. And that third time, right... Um, I was in another county and, and 
here's a hint. Your arrest record follows you wherever you go. <laughs> Who knew? And so, so I'm standing now in, an, in front of another judge, in front of a, another, you know, in another court, in another county. And I've already been to de- detox for the third time. And the judge looked at me and he said, you know what, little lady, your soccer mom look is gone. He said, this time you're going to go down for burglary. And uh, and I was like, what? And so, like, he, he's insane. Burglary? Right? So not can, me. Not me. And I can tell you, right? Like, I was literally arrested one time with 22 different crowbars in the back of my truck. Oh, my and, well, Not my car. It was, a sat, it was a Saturn in the trunk. I had 22 crowbars and three sets of um, bolt cutters. I had a one foot, a two foot, and a three foot. And I had this fetish with crowbars because I was a criminal, right? And I would break into whatever. And but I had my hitter, my 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 kid. Number one. My number one. And it got lost. And so every time I would pick up a new crowbar and I would pop in and I'd break into something and um and it would work, but it was it didn't feel good. So I would just throw it in the trunk and I would next time I gotta go, I gotta get another crowbar. And when I got arrested, the the, the cop was like, Do you even know what's in your trunk? No, I didn't. Right? Uh, I mean, I had this little Saturn, and it was so weighted down with all these crowbars and, and bolt cutters. Like, I, it was like, that's what I did on Tuesday, yeah. right? That was just normal. Routine. For me. It was routine. So, after four detoxes and a couple programs, um, I, you know, uh, thankfully, I ended up being arrested one more time. One more time, you know, and that was what I needed um, that jarring experience. In, uh, on September 4th, 2008, I was arrested. I had about 24 cops and guns in my face. Um, they were calling me by my real name, which I knew was all bad. Oh, I, it's bad for that. Yeah, yeah, I had been using an alias name for at least a week. So I was the alias name queen, you know. Um, and so I knew it was, it was bad, you know. But what I know now today is like that was, that was a gift, right? September 5th, 2008 is my clean date. I've got over 11 years clean. And, um, and I just love the life I have today. All right. So Jaden has asked me if there's anything I'd like to add or jazz it up. And, and you know what? I'm going to say the, the cheesy little thing here about not doing drugs, right? And just say no. And I will say that if it were just that easy to just say no, we wouldn't be here today, right? Um, what I will share with you is that I had no idea I was going to become an addict. Um, I will share with you that I grew up in a nice neighborhood and I went to a good school. Uh, I will share with you that I was just out having fun. Um, and I said it already. I don't remember when it stopped being fun, right? Um, and so this really is, you know, eventually about I hope that you don't do drugs, right? I really, if anybody, you know, um, I. I hope, like anybody who listens to this, understands that you know um, that drugs are like serious stuff. But and please, I don't even want to start to talk about oh, but marijuana is legal now. It, it, you know what? Marijuana is a drug. You know, and, and don't hit me with uh, oh, but for medical reasons. You know, I work in the field now. I'm so grateful that you know I have so much knowledge now because I, um, you know, I went from being a car thief to I'm a certified nationwide defensive driving instructor. Yep. Like, I'm a court liaison. I work with the courts. And these people don't even know my history. They don't know my background. I have just worked to a level that that's where I'm at right now. So I get to work with, you know, um, families affected by addiction. And uh, and it's just amazing what, I, what we can do. But, you know, um, 
funny stories, right? Is that what you said? Yes, or ones that might scare people off. Funny stories or ones that might scare people off. I don't know. You know, I will share with you, like, you know, um, you know, Jane kind of said I was a coyote. And I don't know if you know what a coyote is, but, you know, like I've crossed people over the border. Um, Back when it was much easier. Oh, it was much easier. Uh, you know, before 9-11 happened, right? Um, but I've been arrested, you know. Here's, here's a scary story. I've been arrested in five counties and in Mexico. Um, you know, and I believe Mex- the Mexican authorities, when they said if I came back over the border and I continued to get arrested and do what I was doing, they were going to arrest me for five years, you know, and I would be in a Mexican jail for five years. And I believe them, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and I've been clean for 11 years now and I still haven't been back to Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny story. Um, but, you know, I no longer live in fear. I do yeah. have a passport and I will travel the world. And if I go to Mexico, I go to Mexico. Right. I'm not afraid to go anywhere anymore. Um you know, the realities, I'm going to share with you a little realities of addiction because nobody seems to think about like the, um, like the other end of it, right? I got clean. I did some amazing things. Like not everybody gets clean, but when I got clean, I owed, I owed fines to five counties. Um, I owed $80,000 in back child support. I owed like just ridiculous amounts of money. And even with you, I'm not going to lie, right? Like I have, I worked that program. So, you know, um, uh, the 12-step program that I was talking about. And, and even with you, I'm like, wow. Like, do I owe the county for your birth, right? Do I do I owe somebody this? And, and I'm not going to... Like, here's the other piece of it. <laughs> I don't want to go to jail for that. Yeah. Because what I did was a crime, having you the way I did. You know, I stole somebody's identity. I did that. And so I had to process that with what's called a sponsor. And I'm like, you know... And she's like, Christine, you know, um, I just live differently today. Right? I'm no longer the plague of society that I was for so long, right? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know how fun of a story that is, but, you know. It's it the truth, and that's what we need to hear. It is the truth. It and is another truth. little tidbit that I want to add in is that when I actually first messaged Christine over the Ancestry.com site, she didn't even think that I was actually hers because she couldn't remember and that is a huge part of drug addiction is like you lose years it takes away time there's so many times that i'll ask christine or my biological father questions that they might just not be able to remember because that time was so like blinded and overtaken by the focus just for drugs so even if you make one small choice at a party like christine said that can easily turn into your entire life it really can. And so that, and, and there's another one. Well, two pieces to that. No, I was so whacked out of my mind. I don't remember giving birth to you. Like yeah. people trip on that. And it's the truth. I blocked that whole year out for so many other things, but you know, I really don't, I don't even remember. I was like, well, dang, when was she born? Right. I, I didn't even know. So, you know, and I'm like, well, I guess, you know, she's mine. They got my DNA. Like I can't hide it. <laughs> And also, I look just like you. Oh, my you. God. You are the spitting image to every one of, yes, the, the kids. You are just like the missing link. Um, you know, I'm sitting in her room right now, and I'm just taking pictures of the pictures on the walls, and I'm sending them to my mom and my family because it's just like, oh, my God. Um, that's, I mean, twinsies. Yeah, um, you know, seriously. It's what it is. But um, the other piece I wanted to say to that is, you know, you were saying just one could lead into anything. You know, just here's how quickly it 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 transpires and unfolds. Just taking one sip of this 
you know, at a party can lead into, sure, you know, it, it, that sounds really good. Let me have a toke of that when somebody asks you to take a toke of this. And then somebody else, you know, you're already losing control a little bit. You're having fun. You know, your inhibitions are weakened. And somebody says, here, pop one of these, you know, dude, these are really good. And you're like, sure. I'm, you know, and you might be willing to do some things that you weren't ever willing to do before. And all that happens so fast in a blink of an eye. And next thing you know, you're wasted. And anything can happen to you. You could be let off. You could, you know, be abused um, any kind of way, right? And so, man, I'll share with you like some horrible, horrible things have happened to me in my addiction um, because I was so wasted, right? Um, Even worse things I witnessed. Yeah, you know. I mean, I'm sure you've seen overdoses before. Oh, I was not a nice person. Um, And I didn't care. You know, uh, I didn't care. I can tell you that I was in a situation where my my boyfriend at the time had tried to hang himself, and um, and I didn't care. You know, I remember loosening the the noose around his neck and leaving him on the ground, and I was pissed. I was pissed because he just ruined my high. And how dare him? And um, and I left him there on the ground, and he was like, "You left me for dead," and I was a hundred percent like, "No, I didn't. I loosened the the rope. What else did you want from me?" Right. Like, that's the kind of compassion I had. I was not a nice person. And, um, and my spirit was dead, right? So drugs rob us of everything. They rob us of who we are, who we were meant to be, any kind of potential we had. I started using it at such a young age. Like, I don't, you know, I don't even know what... It doesn't matter what could have happened, like what my capabilities were, like if I wanted to go to college. None of that matters anymore. It's where I'm at now in my life, right? Mm-hmm. But... I couldn't have seen that, right? I couldn't have seen that at such a young age. Yeah. I just saw one more. One more party, one more weekend, one more getting loaded, and next thing you know... 30 years have gone 30 by. 30 years have gone by. And I don't even remember half the half of those yeah. years. I don't. I, couldn't, I can't remember names, people, places, things. Births. Birth. <laughs> Entire Birth. child. You. Children. Right? Um... Well, thank you, Christine, for being with us here today. And don't forget, guys, we're going to have a second episode that dives more into Christine's recovery and the journey she took fighting off her disease and finally becoming clean and staying clean. Um, The journey continues. Yes, and now she helps other people um, who are going through that same journey. So I'm excited that you guys were able to listen today, and I'm excited for the next one that's coming. Yay! Yay! Perfect.